This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Take a shot! Finished. Swindon are in the playoffs after a very comfortable 3-0 win at Walsall with 3,590 away fans to celebrate, here to discuss and coo over what was a very, very good display by the town. It's Dan. Hello, Dan. Evening, everyone. Yesterday was a good day. One of the best days. E I E I E I O. I bloody well hope so. Um, it, it's it's um, yeah. I'm, I'm still riding the wave of what yesterday was, which was very very good. Um, breaking news this evening, Sunday the eighth of May. MK Dons have failed to get to the playoff final, having lost on aggregate to Wickham Wanderers. So that means surely our very own Scott Twine might be sold and. Well, that might uh, create a nice little windfall for Swindon. Well, there's your Stratton Bank roof. Yeah, I watched a bit of the, the Milton Keynes game. Yeah, my, my overriding emotion, really, coming away from that game, is League One still isn't that big a jump. <laughs> I, 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 I think Town would have given both of those teams a game. Um, but anyway, yeah, Twiney staying down, as painful as that is for those lifelong Milton Keynes supporters. Um <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. It's potentially very good news for Swindon because Twine's stock is very high. If you're Milton Keynes, 
and you don't sell and then Twine breaks a leg in September or just, you know, general loss of form, change of manager who doesn't fancy him, whatever, you know, you generally cash in when the stock is at its most expensive price. So I think, yeah, we'll we'll be seeing plenty of West Ham are looking at Scott Twine articles this summer, I hope. Uh, yeah, twenty-eight million, just like Jared Bowen. That'll do. Yes, please. Um, unfortunately, to have these series of events, we might have to sacrifice John Trollope's record appearance or his appearance record because Dean Lewington in the Championship was never going to play forty-six games. I think he might play much more in League One, but people shouldn't care about that. I do. I don't want that record to go. But here we go. There we go. There's some fluff before we get into the main event, which is. When now Swindon Town three 0 away at Walsall, a lovely day. The sun shone, but it wasn't too hot. Uh, shorts weather. I don't know if I've ever wore shorts to a football match as an adult before what? during the season. I, I I can't think. I'm very sensitive what about do you do these sort of August? things. Like there's there's wonderful hot days where you just stroll into the ground. It's roasting hot. Yeah, yeah. I used to work uh, in a well. I used to be sent for my employers to work in the Barcelona office and I was known to wear a jumper in (laughs) the Spanish heat. So, you know, I'm not one for making great clothes decisions, but yesterday was a correct decision. I had a great day um, spent with many a low stranger panelist. And if I didn't speak to him, I saw a few others too and saw loads of uh, listeners and spoke to a few people that I've been meaning to talk to for ages so it was a really really good occasion i'm beginning to think though that quarter to 10 arrival wasn't enough you know (laughs) i I think i could have had another hour easy um enjoying the conversation with the team how was your trip up dan the only the first time i saw you you were on the pitch but we'll talk about that later you scoundrel did i I come off the bench today um (laughs) (laughs) no um i echo your sentiments there it was a fantastic day out it seemed like every swindon fan you'd ever met was in Warsaw. Um, you either saw him outside the ground or inside or on the pitch, as it happened. Um, so, no, lovely to catch up with uh, a few bods. Um, my my pre-match was a bit quieter than yours, by the sounds of it. We um, we drove up after a, a junior football match, uh, finished in the morning, got to Warsaw probably about half one, dived in McDonald's, saw the team news, and then um, got in the away end. We were behind the goal. A um, couple of ciders, and then... Um, took our non-allocated seats because it just seemed like a, a free-for-all, which you know actually worked out quite well in the end. By some miracle, the fans all spread out uh, into exactly the right place. <laughs> apart, no. apart from the apart from the five or six that uh, darted across by the corner flag from the side stand to go behind the goal, <laughs> which I think they would later regret given where the goals went. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but I saw a few make a mad dash yeah. um, and the stewards just, they couldn't do anything about it. One of them had children. So, <laughs> so Braver than you me. Do, right? yeah. Braver than any one of us. But yeah, it was, it was, it was brilliant. And it's going to sound like a negative, but it's not supposed to. It was a bit stag doy in the sense that in about 20 minutes before kickoff, it was noisy. Yeah. And the game kicked off and it was noisy. Raucous. And then as the, it, very raucous and it was amazing. And I'll, I'll, you know, you don't forget those sort of away days. But nearer to the end of the game, mostly because it was out of sight, it, you did feel that people were sobering up and preserving their voices and frankly following what was happening at Bristol Rovers but we'll get to that a bit later too but um, some of the noise that was reached on Saturday I don't think I've heard it in a league game 
No, I mean, that was going to be my next comment, was just the atmosphere was incredible. And you're right to call out, it did dip off in the second half. It was job done. And I think people sobering up and just much like the players were saving their legs in that second half, trying not to get injured, um, not to exert too much, but still keep a clean sheet. Um, yeah, the, the crowd were just saving their voices for a lovely trip to Vale Park uh, a week Thursday. But yeah, I'm... It was kind of roles reverse for me because I'm normally I'm in the Don Rogers corner, as you know, um, Don Rogers left hand side doing a bit of back and forth with the town end. But um, I sort of had the the town end role uh, yesterday at Walsall, um, and yeah, just some marvelous back and forth. Just at any one moment across the two stands, you had various songs going. Um, yeah, I just I so wish my little lad hadn't been poorly on Saturday morning because. He couldn't come and, God, that would have been a day he never would have forgot. And very jealous of my friend who brought his little lad, who's eight. And um, I got a voice message from him this morning saying um, ever since he's been home, he's been upstairs playing FIFA. He set up a FIFA league with someone in town. He's been singing Harry McCurdy songs. <laughs> Keeps asking Alexa to play the audio for the goal. Like, I mean, that's the power a day like this has. It just uh, scoops yes. people up and it just... It's going to give you those lifelong memories and the good bits still to come, hopefully. Oh, it better be because if it is, it's going to be a great summer and that international free summer isn't going to be as long and painful as they can be. It's going Very to true. be great if, if we if we do that. Cynicism's klaxon. Um, apparently there were 9,089 <laughs> there. Um, um, what, in the retail 5, 000- Five thousand four hundred and ninety-nine of them were allegedly Walsall fans. I'm not one to accuse anyone of being a liar, Dan, but they were spaced out. Oh, um, yeah, we had this chat during the, the quiet second half. I reckon tops. If we if we had three five tops, they had four two five a or something like that. But you know, you compare the side stand to our side stand, they probably had. 500 less in their side stand, but their end probably had, I don't know, 1,000 more than us, our end anyway. I, yeah, it just, it didn't quite stack up, but um, who cares? We took... No, absolutely We not. took 3-5 and we could have took, you know, 4-5-5, five, five, couldn't we? Frankly, at the end of the day, it was a it was a festival of Swindon. It was brilliant. Yeah, and they were good hosts too. They were. Very nice people. Someone called me Bab. Oh, that's nice. I know, that's isn't nice. That I would nice. never call you Bab. Cheers, Bab. <laughs> Despite some of our fans' best efforts to try and get a little bit of bother, but only very, very mild stuff I saw, mostly just wanting to get on that pitch and celebrate when goals <laughs> went in. Well, let's let's talk about the football because lineup wise, absolutely nailed on from what was discussed during midweek. There was only one change, and that was Akin Odomeo leaving the lineup in place of Alice Iandolo returning from suspension. I, I spoke to a few people pre-game and they were very nervous. As always, as I always do, there is this sense of mild peril when you're going into these games. But I was very, very relaxed. And Swindon gave us exactly what a lot of fans needed, which was a very, very early goal. And that is just adore the setup for this. Firstly, welcome back, Ellis Iandolo. What a ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it was really very much in the early throes of the game. Much of the crowd were just looking at the other sections of the crowd as the songs going back and forward. Um, 
yeah, lovely crossfield ball from Iandolo to Egbo. Superb first touch. And then he began his slalom run. Um, pass one. Sort of, it was kind of... He's not in control, is it was, he? Yeah, it's not as... that's what I'm trying to say. is Because he wasn't in control, it suckered defender in and then it suckered another defender in. And then um, I'll turn in circle of a battleship. Montfort turns his back. <laughs> he goes onto his left foot. You know, if there was any justice, that would have been Egbo's goal because what a run um, on his wrong foot. I don't know if that was going in or not. When watching it live, it might have been the sort of the, the, the final elements of having a, a couple of whiskeys earlier on in the day. But when, watching it live, it, it was like Maradona in 86. <laughs> and then watching it back, yeah. watching it back, you know, he's not in full control. And the actual shot, you know, it's well blocked, but I don't think it's it's going to bother Carl no, Rushworth. But at the time, I thought I was in the presence of one of the greatest moments, or what could have been one of the greatest ever moments. But yeah. it wasn't quite. But you can't take away that feeling. It was lovely, and it was he was magnificent, as we'll we'll talk later. Um, we didn't have Reese Devine, I think, in the um, in the home game, who was on who's on loan from Manchester United, and they ran him ragged. I think he only lasted mm. an hour. Well, we spoke about Donovan Daniels, Manny Montfer, Manny Yezi. But yeah, Reese Devine is certainly learnt from the same school because um he wasn't able to patch up the holes in the Warsaw defence. It was just striking how much space Sundan were afford. Just by getting two passes right full back into centre midfield and then like a ball into back. And Swindon would just be bearing down on a defence. It was sort of like, if we had had to win 7 or 8 nil like Bristol Rovers, I think Warsaw's defence was the dream opponents. Because frankly, if Swindon could have been asked in the second half, you could have added 4-5-6 if we weren't saving our legs. I mean, I, I think the best thing uh, oh, Mr Flynn could do actually is just have a massive defensive clear out. Um but I mean, um, we must talk about the finish from McCurdy though on his wrong foot because wow, talk. I mean, no snatching at all, just clinical finishing. Bang! I mean, do you remember Cy Ferry scored a very, very good volley at that end, Decanio season in the Boca Juniors kit, and he wellied that. I think McCurdy's possibly went in a bit quicker than even Ferry's strike that day. But yeah, I mean. The way end was just a powder keg waiting to go off and then to get that early goal, bang! And then, wow, just oh, what a celebration. I think that's the loudest celebration I can remember for a long, long time. And I didn't think it went in. <laughs> um, from from where I was in what was the Walsall Swindon town end, it, I thought it hit the bar. Oh. And obviously, very, you know, th- what I'm talking about here is split seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so they're going, why is everyone celebrating? <laughs> you know, um, um, it, that, that sort of, when it's hit, I thought, oh, it's hit the bar. And and then you see them celebrating. It's like, yes. And it was a great moment for the people right at the side of that side stand yeah. nearer to the um, the home end because they probably got there and probably went, oh, Short straw. goodness <laughs> sake, um, we're here. But they got three moments, or two moments of, absolute pandemonium so well done them um it's a great finish and i think at that point i think everyone relaxed the smoke bombs landed a few fans went on the pitch to celebrate a bit early to uh <laughs> to be escorted out i think it was the first goal where people went on the pitch straight away yeah, to celebrate but bit key. yeah um but <laughs> the usual celebrations the usual outcome ah oh, it was a great moment oh and you know i mean just you cannot get more emphatic than that 
on your wrong peg, bang, one nil. But actually, what followed in the twenty minutes up to Payne making it two nil, you got plenty of reminders of why this could have been a very awkward fixture. Warsaw, and again, we said it on the the Giddy pre-match presser. Warsaw going forward, midfield and attack. I've got enough about them. That's why they've beaten a lot of good sides at home and. Really likeable player in the middle of the park. Osadebi, number 10. I, I don't know who he belongs to. I don't know if he's Warsaw's player, but I mean, if you were a scout, I think you're going to be very impressed with him in midfield. Very tall, very strong. You know, quite... I think on the right, they're okay, aren't they? Because yeah. Hayden White, their captain's all right. You know, Well, yeah, of he's... the defenders, he's probably the most obdurate. Um, and then yeah. someone I'd never heard of playing right wing, Kiernan. Um, yeah. He had the shot Brendan. in the second half, which... Um, Lewis Ward is claiming on Instagram as a save. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. His agency have tagged him in there as a wonder save. I didn't see a, a Ward hand on it, I've got to be honest. Um, but yeah, he had the shot that came down off the bar and George Miller sort of jumped under it um, to preserve our, our clean sheet. But yeah, he looked good. In the middle of the park, Kinsella and Earring, very um, hardworking couple of players, capable. So yeah, you had... Probably the two biggest saves Ward had to make were both efforts that ultimately would have been ruled out for offside. But we should mention them because they were two handy saves, especially the header from Miller. Which um... it's the deflected one where he's 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 going to he's go he's going to the initial, but there's a deflection and he still saves it, and it's a magnificent save regardless of whether it's offside. Now during halftime, when you look through social media, you, you sort of linger on to the away well the opposition fans and you know there were a few that were saying this is we don't deserve to be this far down and Walsall did enjoy large segments of this yeah, game yeah. didn't they and and they just didn't have that killer instinct up front it was very comfortable for Swindon but Walsall had plenty didn't they the way I would describe Walsall and I see this in cricket all the time they're a team with a really good bowling attack and that's their forward line <laughs> So, but game after game, despite their bowling attack doing the hard work, they are just undermined again and again by that defence. Which I, I struggle to believe they've kept so many clean sheets at home because they are awful. One of the worst I've ever seen over two games. God, Donovan Daniels has played against us three times this year, lost three new for three nil for Crew. 5-0 at the county ground and 3-0 yesterday. <laughs> He'll be sick of the sight of us. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's huge. I love that guy. Oh. Yeah. God, yeah. Don't take him on in a physical battle. Run at him. Yeah. <laughs> have we ever had a Montserrat International? I don't think we have, have we? Had a Montserrat uh, no, I, there's a Montserrat cricketer at my cricket club. Cordell Peters. Hello, Cordell. That's two references to cricket, but I'm allowing it because it's May. <laughs> so that that's okay. I'm going to allow it. Look, Jack Payne scored a, a Jack Payne goal. And let that be a lesson to people who back off Jack Payne. I cannot believe the amount of time he had, but I'm grateful for it. Yeah, I mean, to our earlier points, once you got past that initial little bit of Warsaw pressing, just gaping holes, space everywhere. And Swindon had the tricky small players to just be in the right spot and exploit it. But yeah, the, the the hard part of Payne's goal was the nice bit of interplay between Williams and Reed in our own half. That just got it to Payne. 
And then, yeah, I, I still can't fathom why Warsaw would back off and back off and back off. I think a little bit of credit to Davison and Barry, who made kind of different runs ahead of Payne, which clearly you know helped to occupy some of those retreating defenders. But, oh, gosh, Payne. I had such a good view of it from where I was, just to the right of the goal. Just, again, wallop. Couldn't hit it better if he tried. Um, there's been some great angles I've seen of it today. Um, you just see that that lovely technique. A little bit of whip on it. Oh, gosh, what a goal. So, yeah, probably against them and a play slightly on chances and territory. But, um, yeah, that's the quality Swindon possessed all day. And up your sleeve knowing that that Warsaw back line is going to give you another chance soon. Um, 2-0. And it was starting to feel a bit job done, if I'm honest. It felt like we'd always have a goal in us if we needed it after yeah, that. No, no, I agree. It, it it did have that feel of of it was done, which was nice. And it, it was, I mean, we'll, we'll go back and forth, I'm sure, but we did score a third. And i got to be honest, I absolutely love tackles like this, which <laughs> they're not dangerous. They're stonewall penalties, and it's just funny. I just find these sort of moments funny. But what, what's he expecting? You know, in a, in a in a previous generation, it's probably a sending off because uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he, he wipes him out. Like like I said, it's it's not dangerous, but he <laughs> clears him. And and if you look at the, uh, I think a, a young lad uh, who supports Walsall has a vlog, and he did a bit of a a bit of camera work behind the goal, yeah, yeah. and you can see a couple of. Walsall fans applauding before the uh, referee <laughs> points to the spot, which is hopeful. so funny because very hopeful. Selling it, you know, the referee won't give it if I applaud that tackle. <laughs> it was it was very, very good. Not Payne's best penalty ever. That it went in, doesn't matter. But with playoffs now <laughs> approaching, I want I don't want to be worried, and I know that that run-up will annoy people if he misses, but until then, <laughs> it's 3-0. Well, at the end of the day, what more can Payne do? He scored every single penalty, Rich. Did he miss in the penalty shootout at Cambridge? Yeah, that didn't matter, did it? No. He was getting that one out of the way. I was getting the miss out of the way in an irrelevant cup tie in the scope of our season. But yeah, no, Payne, he's safe as house. I mean, he's as safe as you can get. And that's not to say he can't miss one at Port Vale or at, at Wembley. Nice, but Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> but he's about as good as we've had probably since poor Billy Painter. Doughty was good, wasn't he? Doughty oh, was, was pretty good. But he used to give me the EBGBs for that Penenka stuff. Yeah, I, I would go as far back as Painter, I reckon. Safe. Okay. For someone that safe from the spot. Watch Jack Payne miss one at Vale Park. Sorry, everyone. Can't wait for the correspondence uh, when that when that does happen. It's really it's really kind of fun because we're 21 minutes into this recording without editing, and we're now going to go into the second half. And it was very relaxed. Lots of Walsall possession. They hit the bar. They didn't do much else. Swindon. I mean, I think what we were discussing at the time. And the first maybe 10, 15 minutes of the second half didn't feel like we had control of the game and it felt a little bit frantic. You know, it, it mm. wasn't like they weren't desperate to score a fourth, but we were struggling with possession and we were desperately trying to get it back. And it just felt like, just, just calm down, guys. And they yeah. did eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, we couldn't have asked for a, a better 
final day of the season where we were one of the sides probably with the most to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, you know, we slip up there, we'll look around, you know, yeah. there was no moments where we thought this is on guys. Every single result was going against us at one stage had we had we um, not been winning. So there was never a moment where we thought we could climb to fourth because Northampton were comfortable, Bristol Rovers <laughs> were comfortable. Um, it, it was just the two top teams that were trying to mess up their, yeah. their final day, which Exeter did against Port Vale. So that gives us enough stuff to worry about in the conversation later. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Mansfield against... Forest Green Rovers, so which finished two two. So it it was it kind of I think and you know you were there, so you, I can't speak on your behalf. I think it felt and around us it was very much people were following games elsewhere, mostly the Bristol Rovers game because it was insane. Absolutely, and yeah, every time you turn around to the young lad behind us, Bristol Rover had scored another goal, <laughs> mm. and Northampton hadn't scored another goal. And then it dawned on us, Bristol had scored more goals. So if they were level on goal, if, oh yeah, everyone was going through the permutations. But luckily, it wasn't for us. So we were, we were doing that from a much more relaxed standpoint. I must mention uh, my friend Jim, who I was there with. Before the game, he clearly had a premonition because he went McCurdy first goal, Swindon to win 4-0. Ugh. Five are on and to get 350 quid back. So he was actually quite into the second half. <laughs> he was desperate to, <laughs> to score a four. I'm very happy when the, the Warsaw shot came off the bar and didn't go in. So There was not much in terms of Swindon chances. There was the the dream goal moment where oh. Egbo teed up a McCurdy and nobody nobody cared that that went high. <laughs> it was just great to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Imagine if that was on target. <laughs> wow, um, yeah. but Bit of swagger, bit of swagger. Let's use this moment to appreciate Bunda's class himself. Mandela Egbo. Wow. He he could be quite a player. Um, I, I fear it won't be with us, but until then, hopefully three games where more of that, please. Well, yeah, I mean, somehow I hope he is with us, whatever league we're in, because he's made a really, really big impact. I think you're seeing now, yesterday, what a fully fit Egbo looks like. Um, and yeah, it's a lot better than a half fit Egbo. And the half fit Egbo wasn't bad. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, just. You got to start him. You got to start him. You got to start him. <laughs> oh, no, no. We'll do it in our own time. You got to start him. Oh, look, he's now starting and he's sensational. Yeah, maybe Garner was right. Yeah, well, I mean, well, there's a little bit of circumstance in there as well. Hunt and Tomlinson both going down injured. Um, kind of probably in a good way forced our hand to chuck him in. And they've been quite careful, you know, they've been bringing them off after 60, after 70, after 80, whatever. But yeah, I mean, fully for Egbo on a flyer going into those playoffs is um, is really handy. The other thing I would say, I know he did well in those early games coming on at right wing. But I thought in the Leighton Orient game where, I don't know, maybe he just looked out of puff that day. But I thought higher up the pitch, he looked a bit more ineffective. Whereas, I think since you've seen him go to full-back in a 4-4-2, he comes from deep and runs on to things. I think it suits him much, much better. Um, and you can see, obviously, he's played most of his career as a full-back, so that's clearly his, his natural position. And I think you really saw that yesterday. Some of the, the driving runs and the way he looks after the ball when he gets it into feet. 
there's a um, serious player in there. It's, it's a real wonder how he was unattached. And being unattached, there's more clamour from other clubs to try and try and get him in. Because if if we hadn't have signed Egbo, you know, I doubt we'd be talking about occupying that playoff place at the minute. Because where would we be in terms of fullbacks? Or would you be have to be playing a a flat back five? Odomeyer at right wing back and Ayanda at left wing back. So, yeah, it's, his emergence has been very timely. He's now fully fit and he's a cracking player. I probably will get onto it. He, he's definitely in the man of the match shakeup. Superb. Oh, oh, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, yeah, I, I, I just have that lingering hope that Ben Garner does whatever he did to convince another one of his Crystal Palace graduates, Johnny Williams, to just give me a year. Give me a year to see to you know to get you up and running again. And if if Egbo has similar advice, then well, fingers crossed, we'll see him next season, whether in League One or League Two. Going up helps a lot of conversations, definitely. Tyree Simpson and a uh, Kane Kessler Hayden were in attendance. Yeah, and I became nice. aware of this because um, during halftime, I came back to my seat and I had a do 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 do. You get the rest. Finish it. Finish it. Come on. So I only thought Simpson was in the ground, which was lovely. And then um, checking social media after the game, you see um, Kane Kessler Hayden doing his proper pre-match preparation for MK Dons getting knocked out of the playoffs. Um, is that Swindon on the beers, eating burgers? Good lad. Uh, it's a scandal, but I guess he really didn't want Milton Keynes to go up like the rest of us. What a moment! Yeah, um, only <laughs> no, two former on players. <laughs> yeah. Only two former players had songs sung about them um, yesterday: Tyree Simpson and Charlie Austin. So he was in good company for that one, wasn't <laughs> he? The, the, the game ended, and there was a pitch invasion. Um, very interesting, really. Now, look, I'm not going to get all high and mighty. I didn't go on the pitch; it's not my thing. I've said that many times on the podcast, um, and. As Swindon Town players insinuated, the job isn't done. It was a combination of, it was clearly a combination of reasons why people were on the pitch. Some just wanted to touch uh, Harry McCurdy and co. Um, some just wanted to sing songs and walk around. It's not every day you get to the uh, the pitch view. And others wanted to do knee slides. I would put that maybe mm. in the uh, in the junior school <laughs> territory <laughs> <laughs> in that category from, from my observations. The only real downside is I don't think the appreciation the players wanted to give the fans was as thorough as it should have been because when they did eventually get round to clap everyone, there was still quite a few people trying to edge to touch them. I need to touch you. I must touch you footballers um people like steve milden who were getting quite yeah he was angry yeah. really garner i was loving it yeah oh gosh yeah well why not after everything he's had but i think the the key point here and we'll discuss it in midweek i'm sure the job isn't done i don't no. think fans think the job is done i think it's relief i think there's you know various reasons but what i absolutely love dan is that the players aren't allowing themselves to get carried away and, you know, join in, put the bucket hats on and um, dance around. I mean, Harry McCurdy looked quite angry, didn't he? Uh, Yeah, and actually, on reflection, good on him because it's rare you find a dressing room so young that has what appears to be a winning mentality, that sort of edge. Um, But yeah, I mean, just just to let you know what camp I was in, Rich. So I, I was not... Uh, a pitch invasion Ooh. pioneer. I was no pioneer. 
I let the first thousand thousand people go on, and then I looked at my friend and his little lad, and I said, "Shall we just walk on?" And so we had a gentle stroll on, high five to steward. Um, little sing song. Had a little mill about, sing song. I met a couple of friends who were in the the other stand. We got Jeff Wong from Biggleswade. Um and yeah, it was just it, it was like it was kind of like an extension of the the social occasion. Um, having a good old chat, seeing lots of people you know off Twitter, seeing people you haven't seen since school, and everyone very jubilant. It was, and um, for my mate's eight-year-old lad, I mean, like that's something he's never, ever, ever going to forget. So, no, I, I certainly wasn't gunning for a player or anything like. That. It was more um, just too good an opportunity to turn down. Sorry if it disappointed you, Rich. No, no, I forgive you. Um, purely because the sentence "big up Jeff Wong from Biggleswade" is probably the best ever uh, sentence ever to be muttered on this podcast, and that is going up stiff competition, including Budgie Byrne referring to a former boardroom member of Swindon as a bleep 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 ice cream seller. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a sensational line. It was funny looking from down because I was reasonably at a reasonable level looking down on the pitch booing you all and um <laughs> it was it was it was a proper who's who you know there was all those sort of the fans that you sort of see all the time you saw a few um known faces because of their jobs um <laughs> just a few of the uh content providers and it was just like there's that guy there's that. oh there's dan hey, what do you mean? I am <laughs> there a content he is provider. i'm the water specialist a good one and a bloody good one, a veteran, washbag veteran. Yeah. So, yeah, you exactly. know, one of the longest serving in the game, I have you know. But if that's the reason Port Vale are going to play silly beggars with tickets, then I'm coming for you, Dan. Uh, wow, well, we'll come on to that, I'm sure. But I- I'm not sure that is the reason. If there <laughs> is, absolutely if there, not. If there is even silly buggers, when, when you don't get cons, there's just room for conjecture. And I think that's where we are. We're in the phony war at the moment in terms of um, playoff ticketing. Propaganda I phony wars. I do like a phony war. We'll, we'll talk about that off mic. Um, man of the match then. So in terms of performances, well, i got to be honest, they all did their job this weekend. There wasn't one player. Now, of course, mistakes are made and misplaced passes. I think they all, to a man, did their job. There were two standouts in terms of the listeners' Um, nominations and I think everyone would agree that the two were Mandela Egbo and Jack Payne and the listeners voted about 60-40 for Jack Payne. We haven't even mentioned Jack Payne other than the fact that he scored two goals. Well I forgot to mention it earlier I'm sorry Jack the pass to McCurdy out of his own box for him to go on the run to win the penalty was very very composed and assuming he meant it, which it looked like he did, was superb. Other people would have just lashed that out of the box, but not not Swindon Town. They're going to play their way out of the box. Superb, Amy. And I try not to, but I get these intrusive thoughts about this squad in terms of what happens once this season ends. And one, if it ends the way we want it to end, then there's more chance than that players will stay. But if it doesn't, we could have a 2015 sort of a Goodfellas montage of people leaving 20, 24, 48 hours um, after the event. Let's worry about that when we get there. But Jack Payne, what a a servant he's been considering. Like the first season we got relegated, but he really started to stand out in the latter stages. And then this season, he's just, you know, 
it's just been brilliant. But I want to give it to Egbo. I do as well. For the pod. Tell me why. Um, and this is going to sound a bit mean on pain, but sort of we've we're so familiar with what pain offers and his general excellence that that's kind of you know that's a good pain out pain eight out of ten kind of vibe. Whereas Egbo, that really was not breakthrough because we know he's a good player, but that was brilliant. Um, and you know if Egbo starts churning these out every week. Then we'll judge him more harshly too. But I just think for <laughs> Lou Reed syndrome for well, Jack maybe, Payne, yeah, then. Eh? Well, yeah, I mean Reed Payne, um, they're just little magicians in the middle, aren't they? Like we're so lucky to watch these lads. And I do say I, I hope there isn't a sort of 2015 style exodus, you know. But um, hopefully, even if there is, this would be the last summer where we have to endure this pain because I think, you know. The, the current ownership have very reasonable excuses for any squad turnover this summer. Um, we've been under embargo. We've inherited a squad which only had seven players in it. And but yeah, I think moving forwards with slightly longer term planning, longer contracts given out, more focus on the academy, etc. I think um, the plan would be for summers to be a lot more stable. Mm, but yeah. Um, yeah, let's go up because that that makes things a lot simpler, doesn't it? These damn intrusive thoughts—they'll—they'll um, <laughs> they'll get you. They'll get you. But yeah, we're in the playoffs. Brilliant. You know me, Dan. I don't like dwelling on last year. This is the time where I've got to sit back and just deal with it because every bit of rhetoric that's coming out now is rem- reminding the world where we were last year, and we're in the playoffs. We now stand as much a chance as any of the other sides if not they could be fearing us because I don't fear any of the teams in the playoffs that's mostly due to the fact that Bristol Rovers went up in sensational um, circumstances it's got nothing to do with the rivalry Dan their form was really really impressive and I didn't want them because I didn't want like Preston North End who were just a little bit better than us and Millwall who were just a little bit better than us now we're in a playoffs with three teams, uh, we're playing Port Vale, of course, for which we lost at home 2-1, but then beat them away 3-1. So we won that one 4-3 on aggregate. Um, also in there, it's poor old Northampton, who missed out on not even goal difference. Goals scored. We beat them 5-2 at the county ground, drew 1-1 away. And then we got Mansfield in the playoffs too. And we lost away 3-2, didn't we? But beat them at the county ground thanks to a, a great Jojo Wallacott display, 1-0. So, you know, with with the 5-2 notwithstanding, a lot of close games in here, but there's there's nothing we should fear, is there? There's, there's, there's nothing we should, you know, our job is to be worried as fans, but Ben Garner and the squad, they're not going to be looking at that those those sides and thinking we'll we'll do our best but Mm -hmm. we'll see what we'll see what happens no I mean certainly we're coming into these playoffs as the flyer I'm not saying we've snuck in but where we were after that um Newport defeat where we were after the Leighton Orient defeat I mean I was feeling glum um I was really hoping we weren't going to have any dead rubbers but as it was you know you've gone win 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 and so, effectively, we've been playing playoff football for the last 
three weeks anyway. Um, so we're pretty well versed in knockout football already, which is great. Um, I'm going to sound the big, cl- big pitch klaxon, Rich, because we, I think, luckily for us, I've got to go to Port Vale, which is a very wide pitch. I've said this on the pod before. And when you're a footballing team, who keeps it on the floor and you can use space and whip to your advantage. I think Port Vale away, as we showed in January, where we dominated the game and wiped the floor with them 3-1. I think Port Vale away suits us down to the ground. And I think playing the two nigglier sides, Mansfield or Northampton, who you know much more physical, much more focused on set pieces, um, I think playing them at Wembley, again, on a nice pitch, big pitch, where we can use the ball on the deck and that really dynamic front three and Payne and Reed and Williams in behind. I, I think Town are a very good chance. I kind of looked at Northampton and gone, oh, they'll be disheartened and done. Well, they've got to be, at their form. <laughs> they got to be, but their form is actually, they only dropped two points in the last five games. Uh, and boy, I bet they're thinking back at that now. <laughs> yeah, Port Vale... I've kind of bookended their last five games with with wins, but they'd lost three in a row to really sort of knock the wind out of their automatic hopes. Um, and, and not bad. Mansfield, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They're, they're all in the playoffs. They're no different to us. They deserve to be there. They're going to be tricky. But like I said, there's there's nothing that... Ben Garner's not going to look at that and go, mm, oh. God He's going to look at it and go. This is it now. This is this is you know. It doesn't matter what our goals were. You know, eight months ago. It's about now and right now with that attack coming out of that game unscathed. Yeah, it's on. It's on. And you yeah. know what? We might lose in in the semi-finals, but right now it's on. Yeah, and by hook or by crook, we've actually stumbled across a really settled side. <laughs> Again, injuries can sometimes do the difficult decisions for you because actually. It got Ipo in the side. It's forced you to go to this slightly more attacking 4-3-3 where you've got flying wing backs and basically the only two out-and-out defenders are Conway and Baudry and a five-foot-four defensive midfielder in front of him. But I actually think that has really helped get the best out of Swindon. Uh, Garner deserves a big pat on the back because actually once we reached this part of the season where we had to start winning and winning and winning and winning, he has taken the handbrake off and... Those accusations of, you know, oh, boring, sideways football. Did you see any of that at Warsaw Rich? I did not. What I, did I not. saw was football with purpose. And that's what I've seen in the last three or four weeks is there's still football. Absolutely. We're still passing out the back. Um, but there's just so much purpose, so much, you know, drive to get that ball forward quicker. And that doesn't mean we're not playing football. So, I think 4-3-3 suits us. This settled team is a big advantage going into the playoffs. I think you know Gladwin's going to do well to get in. Um, you're not going to drop Baudry at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't want injuries, obviously, coming up because um, hopefully this is the team that, that takes us up, Rich. I do, and I said this on the, the Love Strangers WhatsApp group earlier, I, I have had some preliminary thoughts about Northampton and Mansfield and whether you might use some of your more physical players in that match but that's far too getting ahead of ourselves but O'Brien <laughs> and Gladwin being six foot fourers and six foot sixers whatever they are 
might come into the reckoning if the two legs were against Northampton, for example. Friend of the pod, Nathan Norris, uh, highlighted on social media today that he did a quick scan, and I've just verified it, that we haven't scored this many goals. The last time we scored more goals in the league was 89-90, which again, omen, but... What, we're going to be disallowed promotion after financial... Shut your noise. We won at <laughs> Wembley, is what I said. Um, I duly retract that. But but seriously, you know, they scored 79 that season. We scored 77. You know, think of all of those great goal scorers that we've had. Yeah. Those great games, those great moments. And in those 46 games, 42 or whatever we were playing that season, we didn't score more goals than what we have in 2021-22. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing I've been keeping an eye on, Rich, on this note. So if you include the Cups, we've actually scored 90 goals this year. So we're only we're only a 10 away from the century, which is looking like a bit of a push, unless there's some sort of extra <laughs> extraordinary third leg replay against Port Vale after they draw 100 each on penalties. Historically, um. we've got it in us to uh, <laughs> score five in the playoffs. Um, we've also got it in us to concede five yes. too. So, so yeah, it, it's it's a great achievement for Ben Garner. Uh, quite rightly, the boardroom gets a lot of praise from the club and beyond. But this is Ben Garner's season. Absolutely. And I think when you see Simpson and Kessler Hayden in the away end and you've seen Joe Tomlinson hanging on over the last few weeks to carry on watching the boys. I think that is very symbolic of the togetherness, which, you know, we're seeing on the pitch and people are talking about off the pitch. So, um, yeah, I think Garner, Garner, the man manager, I mean, we've come through this season. Has there been any headline Barneys? I mean, clearly him and Grant didn't see eye to eye from a football perspective, but really it's been a pretty smooth shit. Yeah, um, Protect, protected the player, protected the club. We didn't hear much of it and we get annoyed by that because yeah, we want to know everything, yeah. but protected it well. Go back, what, a month, two months, and we were still talking about, you know, what has he got up his sleeves to change games? Like, what is his plan B? How's he going to play with two pedestrian, no football with purpose? And actually, he shut us all up. We're only talking about playoffs. We're only talking about wins because that's what he's delivered in the last month. And... um yeah, so even in the course of a season, it's sort of been undulating feelings and thoughts on Ghana, and I think he's grown as a manager too. Um, it's been it's been really interesting to watch the squad. It's been interesting to watch Ghana. Um, God, I just hope there's some icing on the cake at the end of the season. It'd be so lovely. I, I want to close, Dan, by just trying to get some more praise for some of the other players from yesterday because. You know, Lewis Ward's been mentioned sparingly. Ellis Andalo came back well. Lovely cross-field ball that started the Egbo run. Dion Conroy and Mathieu Baudry in the middle. Just rock solid. Lou Reed, our best player, in my opinion, did his thing. Wasn't spectacular, but did it. Louis Barry, so much endeavour. And you just want him to just... You know he's going to be an absolute player. But it would just... probably a season too soon to see him fly and then Josh Davison just just so much work rate trying to orchestrate you know luring the defense to go with him and freeing up McCurdy and oh yeah. just 
a great and then the yeah. guys that came on like Egg, and you know Gladwin came on it's fine you know by that point that was the point of that was to slow the game down and O'Brien and Odomeo came on and did their bits too it was it was just a, not the best performance we'll ever see ever but it was so complete yeah you know what? let me give you some honorable mentions then Rich and and you've mentioned a few so on Ward um he did make two very good saves even if they weren't accounted I think he was also pretty good in the air. There was some good punching yesterday, particularly in the first half. Um, because probably, you know, if you're talking about worry beads going into the playoffs, I think if you were scouting yesterday's game at Warsaw and your Port Vale, you'd certainly be putting those corners deep to the back post and you'd be getting your biggest aerial threat, a bit like Montfer for Warsaw, who got his head to the first ball five or six times. And Sundan were a bit lucky on a couple of occasions to either clear it or, you know, I think George Miller did an overhead kick from three or four yards, which went over the bar, which if that had been below the bar, would you know, pretty certainly would have been a goal. So, yeah, I, I, I still think to Garner's comments in the week about size and how we have to try and be a bit creative on defending set pieces, that's probably my only worry bead going into this playoff campaign is actually no matter how well you try and defend set pieces, Sometimes it does just come down to a bit of size. And then once you lose that first header, it's sort of into the pinball machine and someone might lash it home. You never know. So, yeah, that, that's why I mentioned earlier. I think O'Brien and Gladwin, with their six foot six and six foot four frames, definitely aren't out of the reckoning. They could yet be important players over hopefully the next three games, but certainly the next two. Um, because I think if you were scouting Swindon, You'd be talking about set pieces. You'd be talking about corners. And I think Warsaw exploited it quite well yesterday, but just didn't quite get the next bit right. So that's that's my worry bit. Any worry beads for you, Rich? No, none at the moment. That's for midweek's pod where we see how we're feeling. And I don't think I'll be as relaxed as I as I was at the latter stages of last week and pre-kickoff. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Port Vale. We'll talk about whatever emerges um, and the playoffs in general. But until then, Dan, really enjoyed this one. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. Go on, you Rich. You Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.